I mean, you can question my coaching and what the hell. And then when you do question it, by the way, just come into Cameron and look up in the ceiling. All right. And then, then find out if you should question that. You know, but uh, don't don't do anything with our players. This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fan Podcast, and Round Two, Duke UNC coming in hot this time comes. from the friendly confines of Cameron Indoor Stadium, Saturday night, 6 p.m. We got a lot to cover. We're going to get right to it. We're going to talk about where Duke is right now coming off these last few games, uh, obviously the UVA game, the NC State win. We're talking about where UNC is. UNC is, let's be honest here, they're as hot as they've been all season long. We're going to talk about Coach K. He's had some really interesting comments over the last few weeks. He huh. threw the jacket off against NC State. He's running up and, and slapping hands with the Cameron Crazies, and he's telling the press to look to the rafters and see about all of his accomplishments. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what to look forward to in this game. And then we're going to give our honest opinions. Started at the top, AC. Where is Duke right now? I have no effing clue. <laughs> I really don't like, and that's that's the that's the thing about it. I have no idea what team is what team is going to play at this point. I have no idea. Like, thankfully, the UNC game is at home. We don't have to play any more true road games. I don't know if there's any merit to us playing differently on the road or not, but the record speaks for itself. Everything is neutral court from here on out after the game against UNC. So really, really, I have no clue. Like the team that showed up against UVA, I mean, Kay in his press conference says that he thought they were playing winning basketball. And to me, it didn't look like winning basketball and clearly it didn't show at the end of the score. Yet then we go play against NC State and that was not the team we've seen for the past month. And I, I just at this point I don't know what to make of the squad, man. I I hope what we got from NC State is indicative of what we'll see for the most part the rest of the matchups that we get from here on out the rest of the season, because that was a very good performance, bordering on dominant in the second half. And the thing I liked the most was we got back to running the floor and being able to run out of the zone is damn near impossible to guard. I will tell you from a coach standpoint, anytime you play a team that plays zone, but then every steal, every rebound, every loose ball they get, they go on the run. That's difficult to deal with because not only is your team either packed to the middle, spread down to the baseline, spread out in a way where you can't defend in the full court, or you're coming back, you don't, you're out of position for rebounds, and they're just taking off tear ass and down the floor for for two points or three, depending on what the team does on, in the in the full court setting. So, it, I hope that team is the one that we see for the most part moving forward throughout the tournament. You know that team that you just referenced, though, they played basically six guys the entire second right. half. So yeah, and that's you know, the thing I didn't like. You know what I mean? So we start the game with our 13th different starting line for the season. Joey Baker, mm-hmm. who I've said we should never start again. Um, <laughs> I like him coming off the bench. I just don't take that as I don't want him to play. I do. Uh, and then on the other side, Jackson, who just should not play. Um, <laughs> so we had another starting lineup that we hadn't tried. We start the game as usual, digging ourselves a hole. We look like we have no energy. 
We are throwing the ball away left and right, completely unforced turnovers. Uh, we're missing layups. They are getting on the other end, wide open layups, wide open dunks, whatever they want. Uh, the only silver lining was with about a minute to go, they showed the stat that we were, we had 10 offensive rebounds to their zero. And yet we mm-hmm. were still losing. If it wasn't for that last basically minute of the first half, you know, probably getting beat at home against NC State at the half. But we turned it around. We got a couple of nice plays. Honestly, shout out to J-Rob for what he did. Mm-hmm. Then you talk about the end of how the, how the end of the Wake Forest game went. You know, we completely folded. We, we choked. Mm-hmm. And Coach K talked about how a lot of times, especially with the young team, you know, you have players that are beating themselves up for misplays. Wendell Moore, he talked about, you know, how he kind of fumbled the ball in the last 45 seconds of that game against Wake uh, to led, that, that led to one of those turnovers and how he carried it over, didn't have his best game against UVA. Uh, you kind of saw that, again, kind of linger for the majority of the, the first half uh, against NC State. And, and then, you know, it switches and, you know, the momentum carries and you start to see, you know, a guy like Cash uh, Stanley who you know, missed his first six or seven shots of the game, but finished with it all around really, really good game. A couple of ferocious mm-hmm. dunks. Finally got the crowd involved. It felt like you could hear a pin drop in Cameron. So just to your point, I don't know when team's going to show up. I just hope that that second half was, was what we needed to get out of the funk that we've really been in for the last three and a half games. We needed to get out of that funk and, and get ourselves back. But what scares me about going into this game is I don't know what to expect still. Um, mm-hmm. And what are we going to get at the beginning of the game? Are we going to get another slow start? Because if we do, I don't think that we can come back from it again another time against UNC, who is going to have their full complement of players. And that's, I mean, that's the big thing. Like, does does UNC's full complement scare me? No, not even a little bit. But what scares me is what defense are we going to use? What team is going to show up? Are we going to try to play man-to-man? Because if we're going to try to play man-to-man, then Cole Anthony's going to have a field day in the pick and roll with Garrison Brooks because teams have figured it out now. We can't guard the pick and roll, bottom line. We can't guard the center to point guard pick and roll. We haven't guarded well out of timeouts. They get Teams get buckets out of timeouts on us on a regular basis. So those are those are things that really in the second half of NC State stopped because the zone shut all that stuff down. It takes you out of your rhythm so much. And yeah, can teams prep for zone? Sure they can. But when you play that 2-3 amoeba zone where it transforms itself into a 3-2 every now and again, they play high on it. It's a really good zone to play, and then we can run out of it. I mean, I'll take it. I will take that because our offensive firepower is bar none the best in the ACC. So I will take it when we're able to get our shots, we're able to move up floor, all the above. So we'll see what K does. We know he likes he likes to do things his way, and what is his way at this point? Is it man? Is it you know what is it? I don't know. So he made great yeah, adjustments that game against NC State, and it, it was he got the win. You know, before the last few games, we were talking about Coach K should have gotten more credit for, you know, Coach of the Year in the ACC. Um, you know, you probably think that that's probably gone now. But mm-hmm. I, I will say that you saw when NC State was doing very well in the first half. You mentioned it, you know, attacking, running, carrying the pick and roll. They mm-hmm. ate us alive. So you know yep. that when we come out and man, which we will, uh, that they're going to do the same thing with Harrison Brooks and Cole Anthony. They're going to have your shooters on either end. Brandon Robinson, 
was appealing, you know, those guys that, mm-hmm. you know, are capable. They just play Syracuse, a team that plays them, yep. um, and, and they lit them up. And, and Cole Anthony is, is, yep. is playing his best basketball um, before he decides to go pro. So let's turn it over to where is UNC right now? They won three straight games. They have won all three of them by double digits. They, like I said, just tore up that, that Syracuse zone. So it makes me a little nervous mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, we're going to play some zone here. What do you see, though, from UNC right now that, are they just playing, saying, you know what, our season's over, we're playing with House Money, we got nothing to lose? <laughs> I think they're playing for that uh, for that spot in the ACC tournament championship game, man. I don't know. I, like they again, we, nothing about their roster scares me for what we do and or don't do. They don't they don't spread the floor, so they don't have the four guard, sometimes five guard lineups that have eaten us alive. They don't shoot the three ball well, even though the past two games, Wake Forest. 58%, 59% really. Syracuse, 42%. I don't trust that UNC is going to do that all of the time from three because before that, 18%, 27%, 30%, 6 before that. So, no, they're not a great three-point shooting team. They don't scare me from the three-point arc, so I wouldn't be scared to run zone against them. I, I think that Syracuse and Wake Forest game, I think both of those were a little bit of anomaly games, but they are the last two games they played, so recency effect. What's going to happen? The thing we can't do, we can't let Cole Anthony get downhill and get downhill on the yeah. pick and roll or in fast break. And we can't let guys like like Pierce and and Playtech and those guys just get loose like they did on us the first game. Like the defense was non existent the first game. If we decide to lock up on D, this should be a double digit victory. No joke. If we play like we did the first time in Chapel Hill, we very well could get beaten because we should have been beaten that game. So once again, and the thing, the other thing UNC does really well is rebound. Rebounding teams give us props because that's one of our strengths. And when that's taken away, that's one of our tools out of the tool bag now that we don't have. So there goes that advantage. So they're going to be on the boards. We can't miss shots. We also got to track down what we can on their side of the ball. We have to rebound and rebound well, and we rebounded well out of the zone. So let's see, let's see what kind of what, what happens going into this game. We'll see. Let's see what we go with. Because if we're gonna if we're gonna spread out in man and play overplay, we're not gonna be in position for rebounds, or we're gonna be or we're gonna play tight, play zone, and we'll be there and we'll be able to run on them. So I don't know. It'll it'll be fun to watch at least. I feel like the the fan bases went complete opposite directions of where they should have gone. You know, initially, you know, you're thinking that you know Duke is gonna roll going forward. Um, you know, coming off that emotional, unbelievable, historical type win that will mm-hmm. be played on, you know, ESPN for, for years to come. And mm-hmm. UNC, you know, had lost just in yet another game, had lost seven in a row with Cole Anthony back. And, you know, their season is obviously completely over, and they're just going to fold and go into the tank. And now, you know, we lose, you know, three or four games. Uh, they've won, you know, a few in a row. And they're coming in with a lot of confidence, and this, you know, podcast doesn't know what Duke team we're going to get. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of – weird how this whole season has transpired and that's the roller coaster that we have talked about i want to finish the unc segment on roy williams what does he do in this game differently than he did in the first game or does he just say you know what we should have won the first game we're just going to do the exact same thing 
And I, 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 I you know, now we have Brandon Robinson. We didn't have him in the first game. Uh, Harrison Brooks is playing at an all ACC level. Paul mm-hmm. Anthony is playing at an all ACC level. I just think we're we have the tools to beat you. Yeah, I think he's going to try to get his bigs more involved in the game than he was able to the first game. If if I'm Roy Williams, that's what I'm thinking because the bigs weren't 1,000% involved. And, you know, Garrison Brooks had a good game, but Baycott couldn't get going, then he got hurt. And then it was really on the guards after that, and that team can't rely on their guards to, to win games for them. You need Baycott and you need Brooks playing well off each other, helping Cole Anthony, running pick and roll getting him into the lane, rebounding his misses. And I think that's what they're going to have to focus on. Defensively, there's nothing they there's nothing they do defensively that shuts us down, holds us back. We really solved with the turnovers and things last time around. So not too concerned about them defensively, but offensively they're going to try to make this game a track meet. That's what they do. They run the ball. They run up and down the floor. They're, they're going to make this a track meet. So can we keep up? And if the, U, if the NC State game team shows up, yeah, we'll be able to keep up. But, yeah, it's really for us, it's about what do we do on defense? Like, what do we, who do we make shoot the ball? What do we do on D? Yeah, they've, they've scored 85 plus in their last three games. So they definitely want to get out and run. Next play. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, from Old Roy to Coach K. This has been quite a year for Coach K in terms of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you heard that our favorite cliche, he just rolled the ball out there with these past teams and Zion and Bagley and, and Tatum. Um, and throughout this year, we've talked and, and kind of lauded how great Coach K was at making so many different adjustments. We talked about the 13 different starting lineups. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about the fact that he's willing to go 11 deep. He's willing to play six and in, 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 in a half. He's willing to do whatever it takes to get the W. Um, you know, at this point, we've played enough games, almost 30 games now, where, you know, this is what we are. This is what we have. But Coach K is still trying to figure it out with these guys, trying to both motivate and trying to get them to, you know, be confident enough in what they're doing without playing recklessly. It's such mm-hmm. a, a, a finite balance. And then at the same time, he's calling out the crowd, he's calling out the press, he's calling out people on Twitter. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, it's just been crazy, a whirlwind for for Coach K. What do you make of everything, especially after the NC State game, where, you know, he's saying to the press, you want to question my coach and go ahead, but then you can come into Pam and look up in the ceiling and see the, the banners that are there in the rafters um, and then think about uh, questioning me. Do you think that Coach K needed a little kick in the butt, that he needed a little something to, to motivate him? Or do you just think that he is doing whatever it takes to take the spotlight off his guys and just put it squarely on him saying, you know what, I can take it. Focus on me, focus on the things I say, and hopefully my guys just go out there and play a little bit more loose. I'm sure it's a combination of everything. I mean, anyone anyone in his stature, in, in the athletic profession, public eye, they see everything that's they see everything that's posted, they see all the articles, they see everything on the news, they hear everything that everybody's saying. They know, like they know they they have their thumb on on the pulse of their program. So he knows what people are saying about him. Not only that, he's talked about it for quite a few months really now. Uh, my guys aren't listening to us. They aren't listening to me. They don't listen to me. So he's famous for giving his teams messages within what he says to the media at times too. So I would not be surprised whatsoever 
if that if what he said was a little bit directed towards the guys in the locker room as well, maybe some guys weren't buying into how they were supposed to play within the system. So you have that as well. So there's there's different angles and different facets to this whole thing. But clearly the one thing he has done and has shown an ability to do is make adjustments. And he's made adjustments and he's that's what he's saying. He's he's saying, look, this look at my accomplishments. Like you don't get these accomplishments by just being stubborn and being the same old Coach K all the time. Like you clearly know how to adjust to your lineup, clearly know how to adjust to the opponents. So and he does. So no one does it better over in, in the history of basketball. So hey, you know what? He's not can we criticize what he's done? Yes, we have. Will he listen to what people have said? Sure he will. Will that make him think and pause sometimes about what he's doing? Maybe it does. But at the very least, for one game, he showed an ability to change. So we'll see what that does for the rest of the season and see what that does for this team. And and because that's how that's when that statement is going to hold water. If K can run through the ACC tournament, run through six games in the NCAA tournament, after a comment like that, then okay (laughs) that he's he's put the trolls at rest but if if it goes back to the same old we're gonna just stick to this thing that we've tried and even though it doesn't work this is what we're gonna stick with then eh, it's 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 a little bit it kind of loses its steam a little bit you know yeah no i agree and it's such a uh, it's such a hard thing for me to conceptualize and, and wrap my brain around because on the one hand yeah, I'd like him to make some more adjustments uh, like he did in the second half, uh, or really at the end of the first half, into the second half. Because mm-hmm. um, we know that certain things work. But that, then you, you think back at other games, and you know he did make adjustments, and they didn't work. And it's just like, well, what, what do you want him to do? He can't go out there and make these guys not turn the ball over in reckless fashion. Uh, right. We have so many turnovers that are completely on force I can't, for once, blame that on the coaching. I can't blame right. on the coaching. I can't blame the coaching on, you know, you're just fumbling the ball with nobody around you. I can't blame the coaching when you throw it out of bounds when nobody's around or you try a, you know, a pass Javon Gloria into Wendell Moore in the first half when Wendell's on on the block, double covered, and you try to throw it over top to defense if you're Javon. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't mm-hmm. blame coaching on I can't blame coaching when you're missing layups that are point blank. And I'm yeah. not picking on just Jack. That was Wendell. He did that. Obviously, Jordan has. Trey has. Everybody, yeah. Um, yeah. Did it in the first. Everybody has. So everybody's guilty. So don't get me wrong. So I can't blame coaching all the time. I can't, I can't stand when everybody always attacks the coaching. Yes, coaching is part of it. Absolutely. He gets criticism where it is due. But there are other things. And you just look at it and you say, hey, you know, at some point it falls on the players. You know, I, I wish that the ball movement would pick up. I think that that's a part of the coaching. Mm-hmm. I do think that Stray tends to tighten up a little bit uh, when the game gets tight in terms of not trusting his teammates and try some of those ridiculous shots. I think we got to do a better job of finding Vernon Carey. I think that that needs to, to get back to spacing and, and making sure that you're having the right lineups on the court. I don't like having Jordan and Trey start at the same time anymore. I think that that mm-hmm. is something that I would change. I cringe and I yell and I scream anytime I see that Jordan and Javin are on the court on the same time. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So those are things that, you know, I got to figure out both ways that how can we criticize Kay or, or critique his coaching, his motivational skills, whatever, um, but do it 
the right way and not throw everything on him. And then on the Thunder side, don't throw everything at the players either because it is, right. it is balance. Um, I think that Coach K is doing his best in terms of trying to motivate his guys or find a way that works for this group to be motivated. Right now, I think you have a couple of guys, though, that I just don't, I don't know if they're going to be contributing the rest of the, of the way. Jack White, Alex O'Connell. Well, what can K do for either of those guys that, you know, is going to work going forward for, for them? I still think he's going to put Joey in certain situations because Joey at least mm-hmm. always plays hard. I'm not saying that the other two don't, but at least he plays with a confidence. It might be a false confidence, but he plays with it. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the zone does because, you know, you know he says they didn't practice it much. They only had the, the half day really to do their walk around to get into the game. Zone wasn't really a part of the plan, but they went to it. You, you have to think that it was, and you have to think, you know, kind of kudos to Jeff Capel on that because when NC State played Pitt, they played a, a zone and that really slowed NC State down. So you have to think that they looked at that film and said, maybe we should try this, but let's see what it does the rest of the season. If we play it, if we make this adjustment, truly make this adjustment, I think it should open up things for the rest of those guys that you mentioned that should, that aren't getting much court time right now because they can't guard in the man, the man they can guard in the zone. They can play the zone. They can switch and rotate in the zone. And that gives them a chance to get on the floor. And that gives some guys a chance to rest or deal with foul trouble. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, like, like we start, we started off with this podcast. I don't know what team is going to show up and, and maybe that's the ultimate ace in the hole that Kay has going for him is that nobody knows there's nobody, no team right now knows what Duke team is going to show up. Do we prepare for man? Do we prepare for zone? What do we have here? I don't know. And maybe that's a part of his genius, seriously, because it's at this point, we know that this team is what it is in terms of their skill level and ability, but there are still adjustments that can be made. And it seems that Kay's willing to even try and make those adjustments to, to make maximize this team's potential. So this is not a great team, but this is not a great year for college basketball. Cliche, cliche, cliche. But it's there. It is. We 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 see what we're dealing with here now. This team does have a chance to at least advance a couple of rounds in the tournament, if not more. Let's see how it goes. That that's really gonna prove. That's gonna be the proof in the pudding. That's gonna be what puts K's statement in, in a bag. And is this truly what happened? Well, hopefully he has an ace up his sleeve. Hopefully he's playing possum, and you know we just come out like gangbusters and and whoop up on him. But let's talk about the game. Let's talk about this. Let's break down this game. We've already done it a, a little bit. Um, you know, coming mm-hmm. into the season, we, we, we loved and we circled that matchup. Trey Jones versus Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, you know, had an injury, was out for a while, questioned whether he would come back at all. He's playing at his best that he's played his entire year. Trey has been consistent, but, you know, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Trey's going to be a first-team all-ACC guy. There's mm-hmm. a chance that he's going to be the ACC player of the year, but it doesn't feel like an ACC player of the year that this year, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. I still think this is going to be the matchup to, to, to circle. And I think that Paul Anthony wants this one bad after what Trey Jones did to him at the end of, uh, at the, end of the regulation in the overtime. Um, what does Trey do? This is probably his last game in Cameron. So how does he respond? I was thinking about that on the way home that mm-hmm. you know, right now he's one and two against UNC, two and two, two and two against UNC. Right. He doesn't want to have a losing record against UNC 
to leave when he knows his brother was 2-0 against him. So Absolutely not. How does Trey, how do you see that matchup, Trey and Cole Anthony? No, it's it's going to be a great matchup. It absolutely is going to be. It's going to be two marquee players playing, but it's going to be more than that. It has to be more than that. When it has to be more than that, number one. Number two, it's it can't be the, the Trey Jones, let me take shots show because his his greatness lies in his ability to get his teammates involved and then be able to find his own offense outside of that. When he's played at his best this season, when he's played at the ACC player of the year level that that people are touting for him, it's because he's getting his teammates involved. And then within the framework of that, he's also finding his own offense. So that's where his greatness lies. So he can't get into a game and just try to go match for match with Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony is going to try to get his shots. Like you said, they're playing, that team is playing for nothing. What does this is going to be their tournament game to get Cole Anthony some draft love because what tournament is he going to play in to get draft exposure at this point? None. So really, Outside of the ACC tournament, and who knows how long they last in that one, this is almost like a tournament game for he, Cole Anthony. Is absolutely going to try to play possessed. He had a double double last game. We can't let that happen. We can't let over four guys get more than seven rebounds against us again, like what yeah. happened last game. We can't turn the ball over at the clip we turned it over because that negates the fact that we were able to turn UNC over eighteen times. That those things can't. We can't continue to let those things happen. All right. So we have to we have to defend the interior. We have to defend the drive. We have to turn them into a shooting team because I don't care if they have hit threes at a decent clip the past few games. I don't believe that they are a good three point shooting team. I just don't. They haven't shown it all season. That's what it's going to boil down to. Our defense is what this game is going to boil down to. Not so much our offense. We showed that we could score against them when we won in Chapel Hill. We don't need to do that again because we don't need another overtime game with this team. We need. If we're going to go into the tournament with any kind of confidence whatsoever, it doesn't need to be a let's go get them another Duke UNC type of game. This is one of the worst teams in the ACC, and we need to treat them as such. We need to beat them 20 plus, in my opinion, to go into the tournament with some form of confidence. We just it's one of those things, man. I seriously mean that. Am I saying that we're going to do that? I'm not necessarily saying we're going to do that. But I'm going to say if we're going to have confidence in what we're going to do moving forward, we need to beat the last place team in the ACC by 20 points. We just do. We beat Virginia Tech by 30. We beat Wake earlier in the season by 30. We've beaten five ACC teams this season by 30 points. Why is UNC not the same? They're worse than those teams that we beat by 30. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. One of the things that uh, really, really, really frustrated me about the way we played for basically 35 minutes of that first UNC game was that they beat us to every loose ball, to mm-hmm. every rebound. They mm-hmm. outplayed us. They outworked us. And that, that's what you have to do when you're the inferior team. You have to outwork them, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what really bothered me that they just wanted it so much more than we did. Uh, Can you believe that they're watch- in their starting lineup, their lowest rebounder was Garrison Brooks of all people? Five. He only had five. Playtech and leaky rebound to Garrison Brooks. Yeah, that was what I was going to say is that if I had to see Andrew Playtech out hustle, you know, one of our guys for a rebound, I was going to puke, mm-hmm. literally puke. That was disgusting. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I hated everything about it. Uh, and it continued to happen. And so if there's one thing that I want to see us is have a sense of urgency from the beginning of the game, right from the tip, please. Please outwork them. Please out hustle them. 
leave it all out on the floor. That's something that I haven't seen yet starting a game in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. give it everything that you have. It is, you know, something that all coaches talk about with their teams is like you have to work harder than they do. If there's mm-hmm. one thing that's going to happen, if, if we lose this game, it won't be because we got outworked. And right. that's the one thing that in, in, in all of these uh, ACC games, we have started slowly. We have played teams that we should have blown out. Uh, it, it's just it's infuriating, and this is their last chance to do it at home. So I'm hoping that they pick it up, uh, that they, they just bring the fight to them, and they just knock them out. Uh, that's, that's what I'd like to see. And I'd like to see them, uh, you know, much like when we came into the first game, we talked about the fact that don't let UNC season have life. Well, don't mm-hmm. let UNC postseason, the only postseason that they're probably going to have, the ACC tournament, don't breathe life into it by giving right. them more momentum to have their fourth straight win, uh, another win over uh, 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 a rival, uh, a mm-hmm. big win over Duke. You know, don't breathe life and give them a fleeting chance of making the tournament. So yep. we need to, to stomp on your rival, step on their neck and just break it. That's what I'm hoping for in this game. Um, you know, I, I need Vernon Carey to have a big game in this one. I need us to get Vernon Carey the ball. I want him to win that matchup against Brooks. Brooks has had a really solid end of his season. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We're going to find out. AC, let's finish this thing up, man. What's your prediction for this one? So after all of that, after saying everything we said, after saying that I want them to win by 20, I'm doing it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go with it. Give me Duke 88. Give me UNC 68. Let's go. Let's do it. Wow. We're holding well, them down. Gonna be, shut them down from scoring. Let's get it. This is going to be one for the Brooks then. Um, I don't <laughs> have a good feeling about this game. Uh, I don't, you know, I like the fact that we ended that NC State game on a nice note. But at the end, end of the day, we, we only played five and a half guys. We played just Justin Robinson as our sixth guy. Um, mm-hmm. I love Justin Robinson. He doesn't get enough credit uh, on this podcast. It's, it's all dedicated to the UNC game. But you know, we're probably going to start jabbing Jack and Justin Robinson. That's going to not allow us, and probably Gordwire. So that's not going to allow us to, to, to get up to a good start. I know that mm-hmm. we'll probably bring in Vernon, Cassius, and, and those guys after the first uh, couple minutes or so. But I don't think we're going to start off well. I really don't. Um, I think that Cole Anthony's going to get hot. He knows this is going to be the only time he plays and has a chance to win against Duke in Cameron. Um, I, I think that, you know, UNC wants it. Uh, I think that they, they smell blood. I think that they're going to go out in, in this, you know, and, and try to win the ACC tournament and get themselves in and in, in the, into the big tournament. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know about this new team. We started the podcast not saying it. You've mentioned it a couple of times. I have as well. I just don't know what we're going to get out of this new team. And I don't have a good feeling about it. And, and for, for those reasons, unfortunately, I'm out. Um, I think UNC wins this one, uh, 87 to, to 81. Ooh. But, yeah, it's not the way I wanted to end this podcast. Oh. AC, it's not. But <laughs> it is Duke UNC. It is Duke UNC week. We do have a couple uh, a couple days left. We got a lot of games on uh, ACC Network, ESPNU, playing all those old Duke UNC rivalry games. Watch them. Get yourself into it. Please. Make me be wrong in this one, AC. I want you to talk to me Sunday night. 
The That's next right. podcast that we do after this one, prepping the ACC tournament, telling me that I was dead ass wrong, that I should <laughs> never pick against our guys. Tell me all the slap the floor, let's go do. Shout out to our seniors. Jack, thank you. Javin, thank you. Justin, thank you. Let's continue it. One more time, keep it going into the ACC tournament after this game. Let's go, Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the 5 Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at 5 Point Play Podcast. That's the number 5 Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter, 5 Point Play Podcast. Go Duke!